Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Output Galleries podcast. My name is Gabrielle Del Puente. I help manage Output Gallery along with Michael Lucy. Output is a space in Liverpool City Centre that works exclusively with creatives from or based in Merseyside. On today's episode, we are joined by Hasnat Sikanda, whose work explores the emotional and psychological impacts of cultural enforcements. Hasna uses text, collage, spoken word and sound to raise awareness about injustices towards women and the mental health issues that are often neglected within traditional communities. I've sort of brushed over that introduction because I'd love Hasna to introduce her own work. Um, so yeah, welcome to the podcast. We always start our episodes by asking artists the same question. So what is your relationship like with art? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My relationship with art, wow, um, it's a really deep relationship. It's um, it's a relationship that really saved me actually um, through my most difficult times. My work often reflects conversations or topics of loss, grieving and struggle. And it's currently also being a, like a beacon of hope for me and yeah it's it's a way of like me to deal with the the difficulties that I have in my life and giving it back to my audience so they can somewhat find something um that they can relate to and kind of not feel like that they're on their own because oftentimes with um you know um I've been through a lot of therapy <laughs> and um oftentimes when you you know are going through therapy and some things like that or you have you're going through trauma or, you know struggling with it um oftentimes you feel alone and you feel like no one else can understand what I'm going through um and it's probably also to do with the fact that the maybe the healthcare professionals that you're going through it's more of like a clinical approach so I guess what I'm trying to get at is that it when somebody says that they understand it's like my art is a way to say that I understand what you're where you're coming from because I've also been through difficult situations in my life and I'm making it something for you to take what you want out of it and use it in any way that you want. Maybe you want to talk about it to me or you want to make your own art from it, but it's giving them people um, or the audience um, an option to do what they want with it. But yeah, I guess that's what I do with my art. What was the first piece of art that you made that fulfilled what you've just said that that kind of took a problem and presented it to the world in a way that you know you hoped would help others relate yeah when I was in uh, my second year of university um, I wasn't actually creating that much work well I should rephrase that I was making work but at that time I thought it was just a way for me to cope because I was going through um, therapy and I couldn't concentrate on the topics or, or the 
projects that I was actually getting like given to me to complete and I was doing really bad in my studies as I thought that I thought that um but I was actually creating a log on my phone um if, if you you know I have an iPhone so I was making it on like uh, voice numbers I think <laughs> um so I would just record how I'm feeling but through like a stream of consciousness so I wouldn't actually think about what I'm feeling and like structure it in a like a proper way I would actually just just vent basically because at that time I didn't have actually that many friends because I hadn't I had just left my home because of some mitigating circumstances <laughs> and um so I was just basically I didn't know who to talk to about these things because uh, my course didn't have a variation of like it didn't it wasn't like I didn't have anyone who was brown Pakistani from Muslim background basically and I I didn't know where to go so I just started recording it on my phone and that started like becoming like thing and then I had a tutorial with a tutor one day and they said so how are your how is your work going along and I said I actually haven't made any work and they were like well what do you do in your spare time you come in the morning before uni starts because I used to like spend my whole day there and you say you come to the university you spend the whole day there and you know what are you actually doing you're just sitting there what are you doing like and I was like well basically I just write down how I'm feeling because I'm feeling crap and I just record it on my phone and they were like okay let's have a listen and then they listened to it and you know they said wow this is you, you could make some work out of it and I was like what work out of this and at the start I felt really it was really hard for me because it was something so personal like how can I share something that is like you know a way for me to deal with my trauma with an like an audience or or even just as a form of art you know but then it just kind of developed into so many different things I had never thought that my work would become text or collage or spoken word or sound or you know so many different things um photography even like I just I just did not ex expect this to happen so it was kind of like a really and it still is a journey I'm still obviously life changes your pra my practice has changed so much since uni but originally it started with me talking about how I'm feeling to my phone because I didn't actually know how to talk to people because I was struggling with my mental health and I did not know how to tell people what I was experiencing and then yeah it basically turned into I guess my practice. <laughs> you said that it was a way for you to yeah understand and process your own feelings because it was difficult to speak to people about it has making art you know using your own trauma and healing as a subject helped you communicate that better yes definitely because people have come to me um specifically and just said to me you know with confidence I will obviously won't mention any names at all or whatever but basically people have come to me and they've said to me Hasna your work like even though it might not relate to what I have been through but I can feel I can feel your pain and I can feel your rage and I remember a 14 year old version of me and 
I feel like through your rage, I can feel my rage. And that to me was the biggest compliment ever because I was like, thank you for saying that because, you know, I never, I, I never thought that my work would become this for people and people would actually react to it in that way. And for somebody to just come to me and say, you know, and be so brave enough to come to me and say, you know, your work, it helps me to, you know, feel these emotions that oftentimes are, you know, neglected or frowned upon, like, you know, feeling anger or feeling sadness or feeling, you know, loss and whatever. And usually people are like, okay, come on, you need to heal from this now and you need to get over it. But I'm, I guess, in a way, allowing people through my work to feel those feelings and not feel guilty or bad for feeling those feelings it's it's a normal human response to trauma or you know or to anything like if you've been through a difficult situation to feel those feelings yeah you started with voice notes and then after that over the course of your BA uh, at Liverpool John Moores University um what other types of mediums did you work in mm -hmm. so I tried uh, loads of different things you know once I realized that okay um, I have a purpose now I'm making work to raise awareness about issues that like infuriate me make me angry like why is this happening you know why are women being silenced why is forced marriage a thing why why all these things a thing and then I started thinking okay well how am I going to okay I'm not responsible for changing everything but I'm allowed to say how I feel about this right so i I originally I felt a lot of burden because I felt like I have to change everything but I after having um actually I had a tutorial with Zarina actually and um, that really helped me so much because I realized a lot of things I was like when I you know was like uh thinking about it I was like I'm going to change everything you know I'm going to eliminate all of these things and I realized I can't actually do that what I can do however is raise awareness about these things and then I started thinking about how am I actually going to do that I'm one person how can I what more am I going to do like and then I started making I started writing actually that's where it started from so I recorded the voice notes like on my phone and then I started creating text from it and actually it started happening from I would leave notes for myself because I uh I have I struggle with psychosis so I would leave notes for myself and um I would come back to it you know when I was having my episode or something um and I would come back to it and I'd be like what have I written there and it's usually um, what I have stage switches and stuff so I would be usually what like you know my voices are saying or whatever and then I started using that as a form of text and then I started just writing not thinking about punctuation, not thinking about grammar, not thinking about anything, just thinking about a thought is in my head and I'm writing it down and I'm writing it as fast as I can. Oftentimes my wrist would start hurting <laughs> and um, it was really hard, but it was, it was so good because I was thinking, you know what, I'm just going to just write everything down. I'm just going to not think about anything. No one's stopping me. No, you know, auntie from a wedding is asking me to marry her son or whatever, or whatever, you know, like that pressure that you get. I'm not having any of that. I'm not listening to anyone. I'm not feeling the pressure of, you know, being in a Asian culture and like the pressure that you have with that. I'm just writing and no, this is my space, this is my safe space, and I'm writing everything, and then it developed into, like, 
spoken word because I realized okay this text piece is like really good but I would ask people in my course to read it and I'd be like can you read this for me and they would be reading it as like normal text you know like how you're just mm. reading off a paper and I'd be like they went they weren't performing it yes is exactly so then I was like no you need to read this word with rage and they would be like wait what and I'd be like yeah like when you're reading you are the you are the dust and I am the dust beneath your feet yeah the feet has emphasis in it right they would be reading it as like you are the dust beneath my feet and I'd be like no feet has emphasis because it's like you know and it's just a small thing but like obviously it was my you know um my text so I knew how I wanted it to be read right so then I started like recording um in the in the university we had some recording booths I used to be there often like pretty much all half my second and third year I was in the recording studios um and I'd just be screaming in my phone and I again use my phone um I would be screaming in my phone and then I'd try different ways of like saying this and like actually I was I was thinking to myself if I had to confront the person who caused me this pain how would I talk to them how would I want this text that I've written this anger this this note that I've written how would I want it to be like how would I want that how would I how would I say it to them because I was finding it hard to to confront my trauma so I was thinking if I had to read this to somebody who caused me all this pain and put me in this position how would I say this how would I how would I want them to uh, feel this you know um so then I started recording the sound stuff and then I started performing because um this sound stuff it made me feel like because of all of the rage and the adrenaline in my body I wanted to release the trauma that was in my body that the ache and pains that I was having in my body I wanted to release it so then I started uh moving so it was like movement you know and then I started incorporating parts of my own culture and you know movements that I'd often seen in things that I was exposed to like um Bollywood movies or um you know just different things you know like um like India and Pakistan like I'm I'm my family's from Pakistan right um but there's a lot of things that are kind of like uh intertwined between the two and I would often see like watch Bollywood movies and I'll see how they're moving their body and how delicate it is and you know the wrist movements and things and that would become it, it was something that I was like it's so beautiful and delicate but there is so much control and that's what I wanted I wanted to take control of my situation so then I started kind of incorporating like the spoken word that I've done which is full of so much anger and rage and then it's combined with this delicate movement saying I'm going to move as delicate as like a flower or a butterfly and I'm in control you know I'm going to move this space is mine and I'm going to move so softly and so smoothly and then there's the sound in the background is like oh you know and it's like just all of this and it's like the audience is so confused and like what and I wanted to create that confusion <laughs> was there any particular like film stars in Bollywood who you were looking at or any particular sequences or films that you were thinking about at the time 
Um, oh, wow. Um, mainly to do with the, I really listened to a lot of uh, 30s music. So 1930s, 1940s, traditional like black and white movies. And um, I'd often watch them with my grandma actually. Um, and I think there's so there's something so beautiful about it. Like there is, um, there there is, there is something so poetic in the way that they move and the way that they're being so shy. We say here, you know, like um, how do I explain? They're andaz. They're I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> their I don't know their way that they um, hold themselves it's so delicate so posh it's so like so beautiful and I just loved it because I was like I want to do that you know I want to like move so gently and like and I guess also that's something that is expected of us as well and I wanted to kind of uh take ownership of it but also be like yeah my sound piece in the background is also trying to tell you that you can't control me like I'm taking ownership of this movement that is so delicate and soft that you want me to be you know but also yeah I'm just taking control of it amazing <laughs> so you did show with output once before mm-hmm. uh you were the third exhibition or the second exhibition yeah. at output maybe the second um and do you want to tell the audience a little bit about that exhibition in case they aren't aware? Okay, of course. Um, first of all, thank you so much for giving me that opportunity <laughs> because it was my okay. first proper show um, after, like, you know, leaving uni and stuff. And it was a really... So it was a really good time for me to, you know, ex- experiment with uh, the, the general public because I had been obviously showing my work through exhibitions that were held by uni. I did a, one or two exhibitions uh, in London, but this was my first proper, proper thing, right? So thank you so much for that opportunity. <laughs> um, wow, okay, so a little bit about that work. Uh, um, I was actually named Tansa. Um, obviously, my name is Hatana. <laughs> But at that time, I was going through a difficult time and I had to hide my identity and you kindly uh, helped me with that. (laughs) Um, So I was actually named Tansa and all my artwork was under that name on SoundCloud. It's all changed now, but um, hopefully we'll get to that. (laughs) Um, uh, What was I talking about? Output show. Okay, so originally it started from, it was actually uh, a segment of another piece of work. So my original piece of work was at Liverpool John Moore University. It was my final major project. And for my final major project, I did something that I can't believe I did, but it was probably the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. I built a shed, I deconstructed the shed, then I constructed the shed to the measurements of um, a victim who had shared their story with me and I wanted to basically create the same dimensions of the shed that they were locked in and I wanted to construct it and then I wanted to break it and I broke it with a sledgehammer basically and I 
I destroyed it as much as I could destroy it. it. <laughs> and that destruction was like a performance at the degree show. That's yes. right, isn't yes, it? Yes, it was. A, it was a mm-hmm. performance. Um, it was. It was really hard. That sledgehammer was so heavy, <laughs> but I didn't know. How, I'm not surprised. I don't know how I did it, but um, it was. I don't know. When I first held the sledgehammer, and I was hitting it, and uh, it wasn't breaking. Then I remembered some things, and I realized why why I was doing this and I don't know there's something just clicked in me something just snapped in me and I thought to myself if not now then when Hasna and I just broke that shed and I just took out all of my anger all of my you know grief all of my pain you know the constant you know, I used to go to university, then in my lunch breaks, I used to go to therapy, then I used to come back from therapy, and I used to come back to uni, and I used to do my work, then I used to go home, and I couldn't sleep, I had really bad, you know, so, and I wanted to just take all of this thing that I was carrying for so long, and just take it out, and that's why I made this piece of work, and I broke the shed, and, you know, um, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Liverpool Jamal University, but the whole of the uni um, uh, in the back where the uh, where the car park is, uh, there's a little bit of grass, but the the actual the building itself is all made of glass. So on each floor, there is people that I didn't know. Obviously, when I finished the performance, people were telling me about this, but there was a people like on the fourth floor, third floor, second floor, first floor, because there was somebody screaming in the top of their lungs, breaking a shed <laughs> in uni. They were like, what is going on? Um, so that was my art piece for my final music project. <laughs> and then how did you resuscitate that work for the output exhibition? Yeah, so for the output exhibition, I because the I had broken the shed, um, the output exhibition, I think, I believe it was called uh, build and rebuild I think it was called that um, and basically what I was doing was with the shattered pieces of the shed I was reconstructing um, the shed basically and saying that I will you know build it up and destroy it until it turns into dust basically and that's what I was doing um, and there was pieces of the shed there and um, I tried constructing it but it was really hard because I had broken it like crushed it (laughs) but uh, I guess um, the shattered pieces of the shed that was left there and the the, the planks of wood it created this haunted atmosphere of like something that happened and somebody was witnessing the like aftermath and it was like you're going into somebody's personal space and you know invading it but then being allowed to invade it so it's quite interesting and you also had video works in the space a big projection and you also did a performance as well um again your identity was hidden so you were totally cloaked um but I I feel like that performance is something I'll just never forget there was a red light fill in the space uh you came in through the back there was a really big audience waiting to see what would happen and then I, it wasn't even like that long, but it was just so intense. And I think all of the rage that you've described so far in this mm. interview was clear. It was, it was clear, but it was so well edited and performed. Um, yeah, it was great. 
Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it's really weird because you know I'm a really shy person. <laughs> uh, when people really meet me in real life, I will find it really hard to talk. But um, I don't know. I just when I perform, I'm someone else. It's like a different persona completely. I am not Hasna. I guess I am Tansa at that time. And actually, originally, when I created that name, it was my name spelt backwards. My name actually means nice and kind. So if you spell that backwards. <laughs> interesting. So, That's interesting. Um, yeah. So it's been been a few years. There's been mm-hmm. a, uh, and there still is, a whole pandemic. Uh, you were due to show with Output again, uh, but Output has switched to postal exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours is the latest to go out for anybody listening do you want to describe the work that you've made Mm -hmm. okay so um for this particular like project that I was working on for um output gallery my work um it's a series of collages um and um text that I've written through um lockdown that talks a lot about loss and uh grief and struggle and also hope um again <laughs> uh, but I guess the work that I made was a reaction to uh basically I lost a member of my family and it was very very difficult for me to deal with that um and I wanted to get away from everything I didn't want anything to do with anything <laughs> I just wanted to disappear and then there was COVID and Again, this is something that a lot of people can relate to because it's been really difficult. We've been in our homes, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've, you know, we've struggled with this. And huh, I, huh, I didn't know what to do. And I basically created, um, I guess, a new movement for myself and for other women and people. And I named it Punk Jabi. And basically, um, my family is Punjabi. And I wanted to make, I've been listening to a lot of punk music during lockdown to get me through because I just needed to get my rage out. And I basically was like, you know what? I've, I want to see more like of my culture, like in punk. I don't know. I've never, I haven't seen anything. And the stuff I have seen, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to like, yeah, basically, so I made Punjabi. I just made the name up. And probably there's someone out there who already is and like made that name. But, you know, pretty straightforward. Um, so basically, it was a kind of, um, it was a reaction to me um, dealing with some things uh, with um, being silenced a lot. Um, I've had to like move back home. So it's been a really difficult for me in that aspect. Um, so I've been just making work to deal with my situation, having all this independence for the past five years when I was living in Liverpool, and then just be having that taken away from me in an instant, something I have worked so hard to make for myself, and then it being completely just shattered in front of my heart, in front of my eyes. It was almost like the shed being broken with the sledgehammer and I just I didn't know what to do you know I'm making this work about you know um you know grief and loss and stuff and 
And I'm like, yeah, you can deal with this. You can get through this. Always having this hope. But then I something that I've worked hard to create is just just taken away. And I'm like, wow, how do I how do I find that hope in myself now? So then this is why I made punk jabi because I was like, I need that. I need that hasnat back. I need that rage back. I need that. How do I do that? So then I realized uh, moving back home, although it's been really difficult for me, it has really exposed me to more of my culture. So the food that we eat, the clothes that we wear, the just loads of different things, you know, like that are to do with my culture and realizing that although there are some things that I really hate and just detest I just cannot deal with um, but there are some things that I absolutely love about my culture and just dealing with that and like not thinking that it's all or nothing because I'm a very all or nothing person I'm like yeah okay uh, I'll love all of it or nothing at all um, so I, I kind of feel like that's what I did that's what I did with my culture you know like I was like nah I'm not you know getting exposed to this at all um, and it's also dealing the, the work that I've made is also dealing with the fact that I am from two cultures you know and I have how do I balance that you know I'm being pressured into something or, or feeling pressured to do certain things or have a certain life but then I've also got a different set of values that tell me to have my independence and it's like conflicted thoughts and that's what my work is about it's saying yeah you're gonna grind me to dust but remember that if you grind me you're gonna have blisters on your hands to remind you of your injustice you know so it's it's kind of like yeah you're gonna do this to me because you think that you can do this to me but remember that there's consequences to your actions so kind of having that you know snapback. and how is all of that presented okay so um the images that I've made they're basically um there are a series of different collages um, that I made on, on different kind of days. Sometimes I would make them when I was feeling happy and then they're a bit more colourful. Um, sometimes I would make them when I'm feeling really low. And it was really to do, it was kind of like a journal for me, you know, because I've been journaling a lot during lockdown as well, um, trying to keep in track with my feelings and see how I'm doing with myself. Um, and I guess these images are kind of illustrating how I feel and the text that I have, um, you know, contributed with it is just like a journal that I've made to talk about how it feels to lose somebody, how it feels to lose a feeling of freedom, you know, how, how it feels to deal with grief, you know and struggle and also in some of the pieces I'm questioning things you know I want my answers but I don't know where to get my answers from you know and it's just a journal basically it's just a journal of me you know asking questions maybe there is answers out there but it's just saying you know so what do I do you know uh, and then things that people have said to me you know things that people have said to me like comments that people have made to me and that have really hurt my feeling and I just didn't know how to cope with it so I was like I'm just gonna have to make something out of it I'm gonna have to just you know put this and put that and you know make something out of it that expresses how I feel you know it, it was it's a new medium for me I've never really experimented with collages but it's really interesting for me because it's really helped me to you know you know even to think that certain colors that I've used are uh, 
are linked with how I feel, you know? And like, why is it linked with how I feel, you know? So it's really helped me think about things for myself to think, oh, okay, I used this color when I was feeling this kind of way. And I used this color when I was feeling that way. That's really strange. Okay, that makes really sense. Like, that makes sense. Okay, so I associate this color with this feeling, you know? And it's just like really helpful for me. And also like the, the choice of text that I use, like that has significance as well. Like there are certain texts that I've used that is kind of camouflaged with the imagery. And um, it, it is really to do with, you know, feeling dissolved and feeling like you're not visible. And yeah, so that's why I created those things. So each, each piece in itself has a reason behind it, why I've used the text, why I've used the imagery, why I've used the color, you know, and each, each, each piece is completely different to the first one, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just a lot of different things. Yeah. So now that lockdown is lifting, um, is there anything that you feel that you have learned over the past 18 months that you're going to take forward, maybe into your life, but also into your art practice as well? Um, the main thing I've actually learned is to believe in myself. And also that no piece is a finished piece of work which is really something that has got to me uh during this time because I would be editing something and I'd be like well it's not finished and I'd be working on it and working on it and working on it and I'd be like oh well I can do more you know and that just really limited me sometimes because I was like oh keep working on it I wanted it to be perfect but nothing is perfect and yeah it just you know, I think the main thing that I've learned is to try things and see, you know, nothing has to be uh, like a finished piece. Like I'm a very, you know, like it, it experimentation, like this piece, this project that I worked on is, is an experimentation. I've never worked with collage before, but it's something new that I was trying out. And I wanted to try something new out because I wanted to make something that represents Punjabi. And, you know, like punk magazines I was looking at, it was a lot to do with, you know, ripping pages out and sticking them on. And I wanted, and I basically did a collage, but on my laptop, like, you know, working on digitally, like, you know, so, and, and I would scan things in and I would, you know, do it that way. Um, so there was a lot. Um, so, yeah, so basically what I've actually learned from this project is, to believe in my own abilities and believe in my work and the purpose of my work and how I can actually adapt my practice very well. Because I used to think that, you know, my work is really limited to grief and trauma and stuff. And I guess this work specifically has been hope for me. It's helped me to reconnect with my culture, with like, I'm learning how to read and write Urdu and it's just really helped me in a lot of different ways that are not directly linked with art but with my life personally so yeah it's really yeah <laughs> that's really nice it's very optimistic I think that idea that art once it's sort of made by the artist and then placed in an exhibition space is like a terrible limit that the white cube format mm -hmm. has imposed on everyone and 
that art students seem to like mm -hmm. absorb still to this day and I just don't think it's true I mean I like as you know I yeah. write a lot about video games as well and when games are made and produced they get sent out into the world but then there are updates that follow that mm -hmm. game forever it's always changing and I think like the art world could learn a little bit from that and um it would take the pressure yeah, definitely. off definitely i think that's well. also another thing with um like you're saying about how like you know art like it, it, things are changing everything is changing you know and that's something that i found personally very difficult because my work was talking about a certain type of topic and i felt like i was forcing myself to keep making work about that topic you know because originally my work was about forced marriage domestic abuse and cultural enforcement and all of that and like psychological abuse etc um but now my work is changing and I'm talking about different feelings and although it's still to do with feelings that I'm you know struggling with uh, but it's changing it's turning into something that is slightly optimistic because my mindset is changing and so is my work and that was really difficult for me because I didn't know how to like change it how was I supposed how am I how do I mold this you know how do I you know because am I am I just an artist that makes work about one topic because I've already set put that out there that's my I that's my identity or can my identity change can my practice change um so that's the questions that I've been asking throughout this project <laughs> so yeah it's gonna be really exciting to see uh where your work goes next then I think if it continues to I don't know bring in more subjects and more moods and more uh, personality as well mm -hmm. yeah thank you very excited so if any listeners uh, are interested in getting a postal print from Hasnat's exhibition as well as listening to the sample pieces that she's made go to outputgallery.com and you'll find all of the information there as well as documentation so that you can see what it is we've been talking about um, where can people find you on the internet? Wow. Um, so at the moment, SoundCloud um, is the best place to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm currently working on a website, uh, although I was always against it. <laughs> but I'm working on a website and um, you'll find all, all my previous performances. I have everything, so um, you'll find everything on there. Um, but yeah, in... We'll send us a link when it's ready and we can share it as well. Um, Thank okay. You. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Output Gallery podcast and we'll see the listeners on the next one. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.